Oh, I love the rain. Me too. I love rain. What a fun day. <laughs> anyway, we were talking about, of course, last week, resurrection life. And that that's what you have been given to walk in here on earth. And after the resurrection, Jesus walked this earth for 40 days before he ascended into heaven. Well, don't you think he walked this earth for 40 days for some reason? Mm -hmm. During that time, he taught the scriptures to his disciples and he taught them how he was the fulfillment of the scripture. Your, your Bible tells you this, okay? I'm not just saying this. You can go and look it up. I'm, I've got so much scripture to go through today that I can't go through all of it. So I want you to go look it up, okay? And it is a little warm in here, unless it's just me. But anyway, <laughs> he explained to them how he was, he is the fulfillment of the scriptures. He instructed them to wait into, in the city until they had been clothed with power. What do we know that as? Acts 2, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He gave, he, the Lord gives us this for a reason. Clothing us with his power. He commissioned them, and we went through the commission last week. He commissioned them to take the gospel with all authority to the world. That's a serious commission that you have. Every one of you has that commission as a believer in Christ. And remember, in John 14, he said that we would do greater works than he did. Who of you in here is up to do that? The greater works. Hallelujah. And then in Luke's gospel, the last thing he actually did is he blessed the disciples. Wouldn't you just have loved to hear those words? Wow. That would be so incredible. But you know, his blessing is upon you, right? When you're in Jesus. Okay, so we want to look at what God's intent was for this earth. Because if you have a commission, you need to understand fully what it is, right? Right? Okay. His goal, the Lord's goal, was to establish his kingdom here to establish it here. Not to be moved by the darkness, not to in be invaded by the schemes of the enemy. It is to establish his kingdom right here. That's why we study so many times about heaven. <coughs> you need to know about heaven so you can know what he wants you to do here and what his vision for you is. Right? He wants the order of heaven here. His rule his reign, his will, his plan. And hallelujah, he redeemed it back for us through the blood of Jesus. We, you, as disciples, believers in Christ, are a kingdom of priests, right? That's scripture. You are a kingdom of priests. You have a job, and it is bringing God's order to this earth in completeness, in its fullness. Does he say that you are the fullness of Christ? 
Does he tell you that? If you haven't studied it, go look at Ephesians. Go look at Colossians. And look at how many times it tells you he was the exact image. He is the exact image of God. He is in us. We are in him. And we receive the completeness and the fullness of Christ. And then we are to give it out. He created Adam to take dominion and to multiply. To take dominion and to multiply. What are you supposed to be multiplying? Other disciples, right? Other Jesus believers, right? Other word followers. People who know the love of Christ. So, Adam, I'm going to go through a little bit of history here. Adam was supposed to take dominion and multiply. And through rebellion, through rebellion, he gave up that dominion. Through his sin, he allowed entrance of the darkness, right? Does that make sense? Through sin, okay, the Hebrew definition, one Hebrew definition of sin is the guilt of rebellion. Remember that phrase, the guilt of rebellion, because guess what? The blood of Jesus has set you free. The blood of, that's, that's shouting grounds, people. The blood of Jesus has set you free from the guilt, the shame, the condemnation of sin. So Adam basically acquiesced his authority. He gave it up, his dominion. He allowed, allowed, through that sin, Satan to have authority that God had given to him. He basically transgressed his agreement with God. He transgressed. You know, God gives you free will. God gives me free will. We can do his will or we can transgress his will. And if we know the word, we know how much he loves us, our heart is to do his will. So, basically, Adam abandoned God's covering. That was his choice. God never abandons you. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. He always loves you regardless of what you do. Okay? That is so crucial. That is so important for you to know. Because a father who loves you like that, <laughs> you cannot help but love back and want to please him. You really can't. When you're in love with the father and you understand how much he loves you, you can't. So anyway, Adam abandoned that covering that was given him, the covering of of the kingdom, and he abandoned his dominion, and through sin, Adam established his, or mankind's, independence from God. We are not meant to live here independently of God. That's a disaster. You know, the scripture tells us, right, that a man, a man has his own plans, and the end of those is death or torment. You see, we are not meant to live independent. You know, in our culture, our culture, that is one of the biggest lies that has been propagated in our culture is that whole independence thing. That's a deceit. You know how we always talk about, you know, think about the little things that you're thinking on? That's one of those. Because that is a deceit. When Adam took the forbidden fruit, he established that independence. The wages of sin is what? Death. 
the wages of sin is death. It looked so good, but it wasn't God's plan. And the plan had been clearly revealed. Romans 5.12, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way, death came to all people. Because basically, you were in the loins of Adam, weren't you? Right? So, the world basically at that point became, just to put it in uh, terms that we think of in our world, it became an independent colony, sort of, right? Just like when America wanted to establish its independence from Great Britain, when that sin occurred, there was a, a severing. But hallelujah, Jesus, through the blood, through the sacrifice, through his love, he won back, he tore the veil, and by his blood we were brought back into total redemption with our Father. Oh my goodness, what a good God we serve. What a good, gracious, loving, merciful, kind Father you have. Aren't you glad he had a plan? I'm so glad he had a plan. So, after Adam rebelled, death came. Death, what is death? Basically, that's separation from God in any form. You know, that could be in, your, in ways that you think, where, where we separate ourselves. You know, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts, aren't they? Okay, so God then said to Adam, where are you? Don't you, didn't, ever since I was young, now I wasn't raised in the word, <laughs> but I, that, that particular thing um, always just gave me a query in my heart. I'm like, why are you asking him that, Lord? You know where he is. You're omnipotent. You're omnipresent. You're omniscient. You're all-knowing. Why are you saying, where are you, Adam? Well, see, he knew. God knew his physical location. That's not what he was asking. I believe, don't take my word for it. You should never take my word. Just study it out yourself. And if, you, if the Holy Spirit gives you a different conclusion, okay. But I believe that the Lord was basically inciting Adam to really think about what had happened. See that? He was saying to him, it was more positional, it was relational. It's like, where are you, Adam? What has happened? Think about this. From the very get-go, offering him a way back. You know, saying, Think about what happened. Think about what has occurred here. Before this, we just walked together all day in the garden. And now Adam went and hid. Why did he hide if he had not been fearful and ashamed? So there was a total positional change. Genesis 3, 8. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to man. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, that you are always calling us. He called to man. Where are you? He answered. Adam answered. I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid. You know fear did not exist before this. 
It did not. Sin, darkness, it brings fear. But we do not have a spirit of fear. We have a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind in Christ. Hallelujah. I was afraid because I was naked. Well, how did he know he was naked? So I hid. You know, so many times we make mistakes and we want to go hide from God. When the best thing we can do is run back, repent, and, and experience those loving arms. You don't need to hide from God as if you really could. He's always beckoning you to come back to his heart. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? So, Adam's position in God, the position that he had, the, the constant fellowship, just the walking in the presence, it had changed. The connection was severed. And that's why, remember so many times when we go to John 17, why so many times that verse that says, um, the verse that says, I want you to be with me where I am. Y'all remember that? You remember talking about that? Okay. Yes, he does want us to be with him eternally in heaven. Yes, absolutely. But that is also positional. That is, I want you to be with me where I am in total unity, no division, shalom, nothing missing, nothing broken. And you see, by the blood, he has purchased that back for us. And we need to recognize it. And we need to believe it. And we need to count ourselves worthy in him to walk that way on this earth. Okay. So thanks be to God, to our loving Father. He would not allow us, he already had a plan, he would not allow us to suffer that state of separation eternally. Or even here on this earth, he gave us a way back through Christ. He had a plan, and it was to send us the Redeemer, the Reconciler, the Restorer. Jesus is your Restorer. Union with the Father has been purchased for you. Do you remember a long time ago when we studied what glory meant? Remember when he said that he, the glory that he had in heaven, that union, that unity with the Father, and that he came and gave us the glory that God had given him, that Jesus gave us that glory? Hallelujah. Woo. So God had a rescue. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but, thank you for that but, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah for the plan of redemption. Hallelujah for the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Nobody took his life. He offered it. He went to the mercy seat. He poured out his blood so that you could be forgiven. He tore the veil so that you could be in unity, so that you could have fellowship and relationship with him right here today on this earth. You do not have to be broken anymore. There is no brokenness in the kingdom of heaven. There is no sickness. There is no poverty. 
And Jesus came to give it to you. The very kingdom of heaven living here today. Hallelujah. So his whole rescue, his whole plan was based upon the blood. Leviticus says that life is in the blood. You know, why is it that people don't want to talk about the blood? I went, well, when I was little, I kind of thought that was like, gee, that's kind of gross. <laughs> I really did. I thought that, but, you know, I wasn't raised in the Word, so I guess maybe that's how people think, or maybe that's how kids think. But this was so beautiful. Here is Jesus willing to lay it all down. Nobody took his life. He gave his life for you. No cost would have been too high. That's how much he loves you. And he did it. He could have chosen another way, but he didn't. So it's the blood. In the Old Testament, you know, every year, they had to, you know, sacrifice the bulls, the rams, the lambs, whatever. They had to sacrifice. And it, wouldn't, it didn't even take away the sin. It just covered that sin. And then it had to be done year after year after year. Can you even imagine living for a whole year and you make all these mistakes and you're like having to live with the burden of that until the next cleansing comes? I, wouldn't even, I, I don't even think I could deal with that. You see, he is our perpetual source. He did it once and for all. And he didn't just cover it up. He eradicated it. Okay? Wow. In eternal blood, the blood of a sacrificial, spotless, sinless lamb. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> he came to rescue and he provided for us total reconciliation, redemption, unity with our Father. The ability to call him Abba Father. Salvation from the human condition. Wow. Hebrews 10, verse 8. First he, meaning Jesus, said, Sacrifices and offerings, burnt offerings and sin offerings, you did not desire, nor were you pleased with them though they were authored in accordance with the law. Thank you that we are now under a new law. Yes, it is the fulfillment of, you know, he said, not a single T will be left uncrossed, but we are in a new covenant with the Lord Jesus Christ. Then he said, where was I? Though they were offered in accordance with the law, then he said, here I am. Woo! Those very words. Here I am. Think the, the, the power that hits you when you say, here I am, knowing it's Jesus. I am. I am. I am. I'm not the I was. I'm not the I'm going to be that you have to keep hoping for that you don't have today. I am the I am. I am. I am. I am. Think about what happened in the garden when Jesus said, I am. If you all could just say, I 
I'm Jesus. No one, it's Jesus, not you, not your personal anything, nothing that you bring to the table. Am I getting too excited? Think about what happened in the garden when those words were spoken. Those guards fell flat back. Evil could not stand. You get it? Woo, I think I'm going to shove this thing off the platform. <laughs> it is so good, beloved. I mean, just go around for the next month, every day, reminding you, yourself what I am means. Hallelujah is right. <laughs> Here I am. I have come to do your will. And by that will, oh, he sets aside the first to establish the second. And by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Once and for all, it's actually once for all. For all. For all the world. And never again will it have to be done. You receive the Lord Jesus Christ. And you receive the gift immeasurable. Hallelujah. Poured out in his blood. He provided a way for the sting of death to be totally annihilated. You get to walk forgiven and free when you bring it back to him, when you, when you walk in obedience to your Lord, when you truly make him Lord of your life. The curse of the law overcome forever in the believer's life. Well, he overcame it, period. Whether you receive it or not, that's your choice. Right? The law of sin and death introduced into the world by Satan because of Adam's choice, because of his transgression, swallowed up, swallowed up, hallelujah, by the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, get this, is just as much a law as the law of sin and death only it is the superseding law. And it is what you walk in. That's right. Hallelujah. Romans 8, verse 1. Therefore, now, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. That's the blood. That's the blood. That's the blood. That's the blood. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh. 
God did. God did. Hallelujah. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, yet never to sin, to be a sin offering in your place. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully, fully, not partially, not half, not just sometimes, not just when I'm being good, It's been met fully in us. Woo, that's good news. Wow. Open up our eyes, Lord, to the revelation of what that means. Fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Why do you think he told them to wait to receive the Holy Spirit? Or endowment of power from on high? Okay. So why does the blood work? It's a fair question, beloved. It's a really fair question. Romans 5, verse 12. I told you we're going to go through a lot of scriptures, so don't get in a hurry today. <laughs> what better could you be doing than meditating your hearts on the scriptures? Not listening to me, but meditating your hearts on the scriptures. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, that would be Adam, and death through sin, that's how it got the entrance, and in this way, death came to all man because all sin, because we were all in Adam's loins, for before the law was given, sin was in the world. But sin is not taken into account when there is no law. That's pre-Moses, right? Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin by breaking a command, as did Adam, who was the pattern of the one to come. But... The gift is not like the trespass. Hallelujah. God has made it different. God has made it overcoming. God has made it true. God has made it our redemption. The gift is not like the trespass. If the many died by the trespass of one man, how much more? How much more? How much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of one man, our Jesus, our gift, Jesus Christ, overflow to many? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Can you just think about that, beloved? Just take a moment. 
just take a moment and thank him for his indescribable gift to you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. We cannot thank you enough. Oh, how you loved us. Hallelujah. For if by the trespass of one man, Adam, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who received God's abundant provision of grace? Is his grace too short for you? Now, of course, you know that that, that doesn't mean that you just go sin on purpose. Yeah, we know that. Okay. God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness. That's your position with God. That you have right standing with God. Reign in life. You are meant to reign. See that? Reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. He has caused you to reign in this life. It is so important that you get a hold of the gospel, the resurrection life, the new creation life, what he really did for you so that you can take that to everyone around you. That they can experience the healing and the power and the love and the mercy and the grace that he has for us, the loving kindness. When we receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of our lives, we receive his completeness in God. That's a big gospel, beloved. That is a big, big gospel, but it is the truth of the word. His unity, entrance into the holy of holies, right standing with God, he becomes our Abba Father. The kingdom of death, the kingdom of death, the kingdom of death no longer has a hold on your life. You have been translated into a whole new kingdom. Colossians 1. Okay, this is really long. Can you hang with me? Okay, good. Colossians 1, verse 12. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you. You're qualified in Jesus. So quit staring at all the mistakes you think you're making. Let his glory shine into those mistakes. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. You have received every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. And he happens to be sitting at the right hand of the Father. So where do you think you're seated? For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. That's right. Amen. Hallelujah. In whom we have redemption, thank you, Lord, and forgiveness of sin. Hallelujah cleansed, white as snow. He sees you like he sees Jesus when you've made him your Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. He is the image of the invisible God, 
the firstborn over all creation, for by him, this is so lovely, just think about this, just think about this, this is so lovely, for by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him, he is before all things, hallelujah, and in him, I love this thought, I love this thought, all things hold together. Can he hold you, beloved? What a precious, comforting thought. All things hold together in him, in your life, through him. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn among the dead. Thank you for that resurrection life. Thank you that you went to hell and you didn't listen to the devil. You knew the word. You knew who you were. You got to know who you are. You got to know who you are in Christ. You got to know that. How do you think he got out of hell? Go read Psalm 16. So that in everything he might have supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. All his fullness dwell in him. Who dwells in you when you're a born-again believer? Jesus. When I walk into the room, who, is, who are they going to see? Because I'm hidden in him. And through him, to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, that includes you, by making peace through his blood. Peace through his blood shed on the cross. What a gift. You can be at peace with your father. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your mind because of your evil behavior, because the flesh, sin, draws us away, right? God does not draw away. We draw away by your evil behavior. But now, 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 today, he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight. Wow. Can you say, through the blood of Jesus, I am holy in God's sight? How does that strike your spirit? What does that do? It brings life. It brings life. Now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical God through death to present you holy in his sight. That's how he sees you, through the blood, without blemish and free from accusation. Satan is the accuser of the brethren. Stop tolerating accusations from the evil one. Do not tolerate that. 
You say, no, devil, you're not going to talk. You can talk that way, but I am not having it. I take crop failure on every stinking word that you're trying to put in my spirit. My spirit, through Jesus, because of the blood, is so big, I will not tolerate any of your lies anymore. I am in Christ. Christ is in me. I am heir. Co-heir with Jesus. Heir with God of every spiritual blessing in Christ. That's who you are. If you continue in your faith. That's very key. In Christ, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. Established and firm. Not moved from the hope held out in the gospel. I will not be moved from the hope of the gospel. It is life unto you, beloved. So we just learned several things from this passage. We learned when we received Jesus because he paid the penalty for every person ever born that we are rescued from darkness. We learned that, didn't we? That applies to every area of our lives, doesn't it? Okay? You have to apply this practically. That salvation, there is salvation for our souls. That's the Savior part. Right? Right? And then there is lordship. Where when we submit to his authority, when we submit to the word, every condition in our lives that is against the gospel, that is against God's plan for us, has to come into subjugation unto the word. Right? That's lordship. I want him to be lord of every little thing in my life. Every thought. Every heart issue. Every pain. Every hurt. Jesus is lord. And you have to make him that. By your agreement with God. You must agree with God regardless of what your flesh says. Do I make him Lord over my personal fleshly will? Yes. Do I let go of pride? And allow him to teach me and become teachable and walk in humility unto my father. Do I let go of anger and receive his love and walk in that love? Do I let go of fear because it was never intended for me? And do I walk having faith in my faithful God, regardless of what it might look like here? He's always the winner. Do I let go of independence and submit to his authority? This is the word. If it says something, 
and you think differently, you are wrong. You are just flat out wrong. He gave us this to make our lives easier. And when we transgress this word, we bring pain. But we don't have to stay there, praise you, Lord. <laughs> You're always just calling us, and we can just come on back. It's awesome. I repent, I come on back. I'm going to do it your way. My way is just no good. I will choose not to rebel against this word. And if I'm doing it somewhere, if I don't know about it, you know, just show me, Lord. He is faithful. He is the revealer of all truth. By his Holy Spirit, he'll make sure you know. So you just stay yielded and you just stay teachable. Do I live to please him and not myself? Yes. Do I do his will? Not just read it. Not just speak it. Do I do it? Am I going to do this? Did Jesus do it? Did he do it? Are you little? I shouldn't use that word, little. That's an incorrect statement. See, there's how the devil gets in. You're not little anything. You've got a big, big Jesus on the inside of you. So are you going to be a big, big Jesus and do what he did? So, next, his blood cleanses us of guilt. Guilty, shame-filled, sin consciousness before him. When you are covered in the blood, you do not have to have a sin consciousness before your father. He doesn't want you to have that. <laughs> That's what keeps you in bondage. Because he gave you a whole new standing. He gave you a whole new standing. You have positional redemption. The righteousness of God in Christ. That's who I am. That's who you are. Seated with Christ in heavenly places. Heirs to every spiritual blessing. Ephesians 1.3. Praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him. He chose you in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Praise you, Father. Healing. Sickness is a curse. Did he take the curse for you or not? Yes, he did. He took it. Healing belongs to you. It is his willing. Go read about the leper. He said, it is, he said, I will. There is no sickness in heaven. What did Jesus do? He came to bring the kingdom here. Does God change his mind? He doesn't change. He doesn't change. We are healed by the stripes of Jesus. He came to bring the order of heaven here. That includes divine health and divine healing. If your experience does not line up with that, it doesn't make the word untrue. It doesn't change God's heart. His heart is for people to be healed. 
and to walk in that. Christ took our infirmity. He triumphed over death, hell, and the grave. And by his stripes were healed. Colossians 2.13. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. You're alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness. Legally, you were indebted. Every single sin, every single sin, you should be punished. He canceled the charge of the legal indebtedness by his blood, which stood against us and condemned us, he has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. Wow. He loves you guys so much. He loves you so much. And having disarmed, he totally disarmed what does disarmed mean? It means he took away the ammunition. Yes. He disarmed the powers and authorities. He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Hallelujah. This is the life you are in which you are meant to walk. This is the life you have been given. What powers did he, did he triumph over? Every single one, every single evil power. Don't think you have something coming against you that he didn't take care of. He was tempted in all ways as we are, yet he never succumbed. And by the power of the Holy Spirit living in us and by the word, that same walk belongs to us. Death, sickness, poverty, it does not matter. Any separation whatsoever from God's order. Anything that is different than the order of the kingdom. Does that make sense? 1 Peter 2, 24, he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been. That's past tense, you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray. You know, we all stop at verse 24. And we really need to go on to verse 25 because it is so, so beautiful. This is such a beautiful verse. He goes, for you were like sheep going astray, but now, but now, but now, you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. You have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Hallelujah. He allowed us to return to redemption. What does a shepherd do? What does an overseer do? He cares for you. He loves you. He takes care of you. He protects you. That is such a beautiful verse. Divine health and healing belong to you, the overseer. He means you get to return to his order. Think about that. 
you get to return to his order, his way, his dominion, his authority in your life, his perfection. What does it say in Psalm? I shall perfect that which concerns you. Redemption for every single brokenness. Any relational, nothing missing, nothing broken, shalom, peace. Wholeness, fullness in Christ. I'm in Christ. He's in me. I am hidden in him. Boldness, beloved, boldness. You know, I used to hate that word. I would hear preachers preach that and say, you've got to be bold in Christ. But what I always got out of that was they were saying, I had to be bold. You see, I can't be bold in myself. Like, I, I'm not really a bold person. You know? Like, you guys would probably be a lot better walking up to some stranger on the corner, because maybe that's what you're meant to do, and I have a different calling, but like someone that you don't even know, and you would go up and you'd just say, Jesus is the life, the truth, and the way. Come on! See, I'm not like that. This doesn't mean our own boldness. This means boldness because of what he has done, what he has put in us. Boldness to go before the Father. You do not have to be afraid to go before the Father. He receives you. He's not some big, mean man. This is how I, this is what I was raised under, okay? Literally. He had a black book. Seriously. This is what I was told growing up. Thank you, Lord, <laughs> that somewhere along the line, after I found you, you set me free. Because I was raised being told that he has this black book and he is sitting there writing down everything you ever do wrong and you are going to pay. You don't think that'll scare a little kid. Thank goodness he had a call on my life and showed me the truth. You see, what Jesus did gave us boldness to come before the Father to enter into the Holy of Holies. To be with him, to have fellowship, to have unity and union. Hebrews 10.19, can't believe it, they up there quoted this very scripture today. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, because you have received Jesus, you can have boldness to go before the Lord. Don't think that you cannot enter into the most holy place. By a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body, his sacrifice, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near. Let us draw near. Let us draw near. With a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings. Full assurance having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience. See, 
It's a guilty conscience that wants to keep you away from the Lord. And having our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. He who promised is faithful. And I, you know, I want to go to Luke. No, I want to go to 1 John. Okay, I'm going to start in verse 19 because the Lord just told me to go there. This then is how, oh, this is 1 John 3, verse 19. This then is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. You can set your heart at rest in his presence whenever our hearts condemn us because Satan will challenge you and Satan will uh, tempt you to allow your heart to condemn yourself. For God is greater. Oh my goodness. For God is greater than our hearts. And he knows everything. Do you know that he knows every little thing about you? Every good, every bad thing. And he's still telling you, do not let your heart condemn you. What a precious Lord. What a precious Father. For God is greater than our hearts, and he knows everything. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from him anything we ask because we obey his commands and do what pleases him. What are you asking God today? And don't just say, oh, he knows. I don't really need to ask. He knows. No, no, no. The scripture just told you to ask. Okay? Do it this way. That's false humility. Anyway, this basically includes every blood-bought gift of God. If our hearts do not condemn us, we enter boldly into his presence and we ask. Every divine right in Christ. The devil has absolutely no say. None. Zero. Zippo. We have the life-giving spirit of Jesus inside of us. Would you like me to prove that to you? Good, because like I say, don't ever take my word for anything. Go to the scripture. 1 Corinthians, somewhere, verse 45. So it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. Okay, a living being. He was a living being. The last Adam, a life-giving spirit. That's that, like, you see what that's saying? Your Jesus is a life-giving spirit unto you. In every situation, the spiritual did not come first, but the natural, and after that, the spiritual. The first, they're referring to the first man. The first man was of the dust of the earth. The second man, that's Jesus, is of heaven, the spiritual. As was the earthly man, so are those who are of the earth. Are you of the earth? 
You're born of woman, but man, you have been recreated in the Lord Jesus Christ. You are a new spirit. And as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are of heaven. As is the heavenly man, as is Christ, so are those who are of heaven. And just as we have borne the image of the earthly man, so shall we bear the image of the heavenly man. Have you ever thought about that scripture? Whose image do you bear? I don't understand why it's so quiet. Thank you, Jesus Christ, the big guy. We receive overcoming power. Overcoming power. Nothing ever defeated Jesus. He gave his life. It was not taken. Revelation 12, verse 10. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. (laughs) They triumphed over him. How? They triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. What is your word going to be today? This is your choice. It is your calling. It is your gift. It is your precious ministry. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. I have come to behold the fullness of Christ, to be the fullness of Christ to everyone around me, and you are called to do the same. And hallelujah, he has given you his Holy Spirit to enable you to be endued with power from on high. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Praise be to God. So that's what the Lord wanted me to share with you today. <laughs> I want Linda to come forth because right before, right before service, and then we're going to do communion.